I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the story of how one small island conquered the world. Jamaican patwa. And a fair start. A Safa pound. Usain Bolt is also out well. Here they come down the track. It's a story of music, sport, and style. How its rhythms, athletes, and language went global. Pull up, pull up. This is how Jamaica conquered the world. Six minutes to half time. Oh, here's Whitmore. He's through and he scored. My name is Ian Andrews and I work at the Institute of Sports. I'm the administrative director there in Kingston, Jamaica, where the government's agency responsible for sports development at the junior and grassroots level. Okay, my name's Michael Johnson. I am known as a for playing football. I played at Knox County, Birmingham City, Derby County, Sheffield Wednesday, represented my country and my parents' birth, Jamaica. My name is Leighton Levy. I am a Jamaica sports journalist. I now host a radio show on Nationwide Radio in Jamaica called Sports Nation Live. It airs four nights a week. I also write freelance for the Jamaica Zena and Star. To tell the story of, of the Reggae Boys, you, you have to go back a little bit further than, than 1998 because I think Jamaica's belief that it was a great football nation started, I think, back in the 1960s with a, a lot of very talented players, not least among them players like Alan Skilcole, who represented Jamaica in a time when Jamaica was not taken seriously on the world's edge in terms of football. Well, in the 60s and the 70s, you know, we, we had good players. Players who had proper technique, a lot of good uh, habits. What happened is that during the 60s and, and in the early 70s, we didn't have a program per se. Well, from a Jamaican perspective, I can tell you that cricket was the sport that the black people were able to play and make a success of themselves. Remember now, football was not at any level of success nationally and internationally. Yeah, I was born in Nottingham. I've been brought up in Nottingham all my life, 1973. It was difficult growing up from um, parents who got a Jamaican background in them early years. The problem I had was with identity, you know, you, are you English, are you Jamaican, you know, didn't quite fit into what was perceived as English at the earlier years. But through education, through a strong family background and upbringing, I started to find my identity and, and realise who I was in my culture. 
about the age of 14, 15, when I was playing for the city Nottingham boys. A Notts County coach was watching the training session and said, look, would you like to participate in six weeks training at Notts County? I told my mum and my mum was ecstatic. I signed there for the rest of the year. I then got offered a year schoolboy form, so I played till I was 16. And then at 16, I had a choice to make. Do I go into a YTS scheme as a mechanic or do I follow the dream of being a professional footballer? I signed at Notts County for a two-year scholarship scheme. It's £35 a week. And after one year of being on that scheme, I got offered a professional form and then I made my debut at 17 against Ian Wright, believe it or not, at Ivory. From then, my life changed. All of a sudden, there I am, walking out against one of my idols, and I remember waiting in the tunnel area and seeing the likes of Tony Adams and Ian Wright and David Seaman. These guys were people that two years ago I was collecting on stickers when I was at school. Fast forward two years, you know, I'm actually marking the guy. I still speak with him, I still hold him in high esteem because he had a lot of time for me and he was my hero. Fast forward to 1995 when the West Indies finally lost a test series and, and there was no sign that the team was going to bounce back immediately because a lot of the greats were going, going in by way of retirement. The Jamaicans largely turned their attention to the sport that they truly loved and a sport I think most Jamaicans would consider themselves great footballers as opposed to being great cricketers. And so what we saw in Jamaica during that period was everybody playing football. I remember in 1994, when I came here, the first game I watched was Wadada against Constant Spring. Finished the game, I was interviewed, and the, I told the journalist that uh, the teams looked like uh, 11 seals. So they controlled the ball only for himself. was 11 players played by himself, not for the team. So if you have 11 balls on field, that would be better because each of them want the ball only for himself. was an inspirational leader, very religious man who quoted Jesus a lot. He used to walk around in a shirt that says, Jesus saves. And all Jamaicans bought into his philosophy. When René Simois came, he got all the tools that he needed to get the job done because of governmental support, private sector support, and national public support through the media. Simo has got that kind of necessary foundation to help to take the team through the qualifiers and victory because I've always felt that the talent was always here, but it's just that a proper system needed to have been set up. He took a team off to be fair, with the exception of one or two players like Walter Boyd and, and Theodore Whitmore. was an average team in terms of skills, but in terms of effort, they're going to leave it on the pitch. As the progression towards the work of qualifying continued, we realized we're going to need more than just what the local leagues could offer. So there was a specific and very deliberate thrust to find players of Jamaican lineage from the UK primarily. There's so many Jamaicans in that there so who can identify with their home country to see what they could offer in terms of Jamaica's World Cup qualifying campaign. So a bunch of players came in. You had Dion Burton, your Sinclairs, and uh, all of these guys who came in the United Kingdom who brought up the sense of what it means to be a professional football player. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Well, René was obviously Brazilian because you know the Brazilians are renowned for the flair and it's the way that down in Jamaica we wanted to play. If you do a trick in Jamaica, it's greasy with this great hysteria of roars and whistles and horns. You know, a lot of Jamaican guys who were playing in Jamaica, they were very relaxed with the timekeeping. As a, a player over in England, we always knew that if the manager said nine o'clock, he meant nine o'clock. And René stamped his authority on the training camp with discipline. He said, I don't care who you are, where you're from, if I say that you're meeting here at nine o'clock, you will be here at nine o'clock. Anybody a minute outside will get a fine. If you keep pushing it, you will lose your place. He said, there's people banging on this door to get into this national setup. You are privileged. He now brought the other element, which we all fear for, was the discipline. And that's one of the reasons why Rennie was so successful. We were on our way to a game and I spoke with Dion Burton and Dion was obviously the centre forward for Jamaica and Jamaica were looking like they were going to qualify and I said to Dion, I'm going to send my CV in to the Jamaica authorities and to see if there would be any chance of me getting to play and represent Jamaica and Dion put a word in for the then manager René Simoes. He said to me at the time, look, you know, we might have to wait because, you know, we just can't cope with the amount of people who want to play for the country. I just missed out on the actual playing for the World Cup team, which was devastating. I joined that same year. He came and, and spoke with me after the World Cup, and that's when I started to represent the country. Outside of our independence, the National Stadium became a bus. It was just unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. I'm very proud to be Jamaican and Caribbean by commitment. Jamaica was the smallest country to have qualified for a, any World Cup fight. To celebrate what we have achieved, tomorrow, Monday, will be a public holiday. It was amazing was watching how the stadium filled the capacity whenever we played at home and the, the tears that would fall when Jamaica lost, even the opponents that we expected to lose to. When Jamaica finally qualified for the World Cup in 1998, there was such a great outpouring of emotion. Not only did we galvanize support for the national team here, I think the, the entire world that we saw when the team went to France, because I think for the nation Jamaica's side, just to get to the World Cup was itself a monumental feat. But to but for the World Cup and actually the game beating Japan, I don't think Jamaicans could have asked for anything better. Oh, here's Whitmore. He's through and he's scored. And Jamaica have the lead. Whitmore again. He's already scored one. Oh, he's in his second. That's an even better goal. Jamaica 2-0 ahead now. People started singing and respecting the national anthem in greater numbers than they had done before. People go to the national stadium and... Uh, People would not be ashamed to tell you that before we started playing football at this high level, that they really never knew the words of our national anthem. You, you could see the pride to be Jamaica was there. I think that was the most beautiful transformations we could feel in that time after we qualified to the World Cup.
we travelled down to Kingston and it was amazing to actually land into the airport and you see all the fans there and your family which you had left behind in Jamaica you know my um, grandma sisters cousins they all came up to the hotel where I was staying and you know they was there and they were so proud that one of our relatives had came back to the island not just to visit but actually to represent the country and to obviously go into the national stadium and stand there and hear the national anthem and you're there and the flags are flying and the stadium's packed before the game they used to bring out Beanie Man and Caperton on the pitch they're playing and you just feel your ears stand up you know it doesn't get any better than that it was something that I will never forget. René Simois may not have been the greatest of coaches but he was certainly a very good public relations officer because he sold that sport to the nation not just scrimmage as we would call it in Jamaica. It is now the number one sport in Jamaica back in the mid 70s and early 80s cricket was the dominant force you'd see youngsters playing cricket in the streets when you thought of sport in Jamaica everybody used to think cricket because we never had any emerging football teams flying the flag but that soon changed with what happened in 98 when the team qualified everybody wanted to play football kids now were now leaving their cricket bat at home What we've seen in this current campaign going on now is passion coming back. Just last night we saw a full national stadium witnessing history as Jamaica beat the United States by two goals to one. And I think a lot of that has to go back to what started in 1998, that belief that we could actually do it. Jamaica now currently has players playing all over the world, more than 100 players playing across the world. Started with Prakada Gardner who went on to play for Bolton and it opened the doors for the rest of the world to see that Jamaica did have the talent. So the 98 campaign was almost brand new starting point for Jamaica's football going forward. Now we see where it's possible, we've now seen how it can be done and how it should be done. And I think Jamaica can only benefit from this going forward. We are underway. One back Gomez rifles it through, loose ball deflected and the third try to charm. 36 seconds in and Clint Dempsey has arrived. Deuce on the board for the U.S. and what a surprise. United States, however, starting to get pinched and now stripped in their own end. Blasted through, and it skips under Howard for the equalizer. The goal for Austin, and we're tied at one. The U.S. giving too many chances around the box here. Blasted in, and it's not told. 62nd minute goal, and Jamaica taking advantage, and the party just getting started in Kingston. This week, I was interviewed by the BBC in the UK about Robert Mugabe's slight on Jamaican men. You can listen to me let rip on bbc.co.uk and search for the UK Black Podcast. My segment comes approximately 16 minutes in. Props to Thomas Tull and Chaz Elliott for their reviews. And to CKSW9 of Surrey for an amazing review that lifted my spirit on a grey day. I say it at the end of every podcast, but please, the reviews on iTunes are really, really, really important. Because they help promote the podcast on iTunes so I get more listeners so please if you haven't done so already please write a review remember if I get to 50 in the UK and 20 in the US I'll continue how Jamaica conquered the world ad infinitum don't forget you can follow me on Twitter I am at Royfield spelled R-O-I-F-I-E-L-D you can follow the project on Twitter which is at How Jamaica on Facebook we are facebook.com forward slash How Jamaica 
Baker and the website of course where you can find more information on the interviewees is www.howjamaicaconquerdtheworld.com Just a note, there may well not be a podcast next week because I have a scheduled flight to see Noah and Ella in Canada. So if there isn't one next Wednesday, you have been warned. However, I will endeavour to put a show together. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.